Welcome back to the Low Bottom High Rise podcast. You guys are in for a good one today. We have my pastor and one of my closest friends, Josh Surratt, on the podcast today, digging into all kinds of hard topics and hard questions. We go over you know, heaven and Jesus and homosexuality and all of these topics and questions that not only come up from my listeners, but also lots of questions that I've had, um, tough conversations to have. And I'm really excited for you to just tune into the conversation. So let's dig in. Okay. So I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> I don't, are you nervous? Probably I'm not. always nervous when I'm on a call that's being recorded, but no, I'm not nervous <laughs> to talk to you. Well, every Sunday you're recorded, right? That's true. And that's I'm nervous true. every Sunday. Are you? Um, gosh, I always wonder that, right? Because I speak a lot of times and I don't speak as frequently as you do, obviously. And I always wonder, do you get nervous every Sunday before you preach? Well, here's what a coach told me back in high school when I was playing basketball at the peak of my athletic career. He said, if you don't have any butterflies before the game, mm. you're not ready to play. And so there's always, you know, there's always some of that, like, yeah. uh, you know, but I do think obviously the more reps that you have and the more prepared that you are, it's not so much nervous that I'm going to, you know, um, make a fool of myself. It's more of this like nervous energy about like, man, I, I get a chance to hopefully help people today. And, yeah. you know, you, you want to sort of get out of the way. Uh, you said before we started recording, well, I guess we may have been recording, but like, you didn't want to get in the way even of this interview. And I feel that yeah. way when I get up to talk, I'm like, all right, like as much as I can make it not about me and let yeah. God speak through me, that's, that's where the nerves come from. So yeah, for sure. Well, and that comes through, I can tell you that every single time I've ever seen you or any of the pastors in our church preach, it's like, you know, I've never ever, I've told you this before because we're friends, right? So let me start we there. Like we are friends um, and this is not videoed. So, you know, you're super, you know, you're 25 athletic superstar. I'm kidding. You're 40s. You're in your 40s, right? <laughs> Six foot four, you know. Yeah. No, no I'm, I'm, a, I'm a middle-aged dude, you know, oh my doing my God. best are, to, are to stay in shape. We we have, I have been to your garage uh, gym yes. once and, and got yes. my butt kicked by you and Brian, which was fun. <laughs> That's right. But I think it's so cool because, you know, and we'll go into all these things kind of, we'll probably be a little bit all over the place, but I grew up Catholic. So I grew up with priests and my family was super involved in the church to the point where we always had like priests and nuns, like at our house and at our dinner table. But that is so radically different than the relationship like my family has with yours, where our kids are in school together, you know, I coach volleyball with your wife, we go out to dinner, we hang out. And it's just such a cool thing. I can remember um, several years ago telling Brian, like when our friendship kind of started, I was like in awe because I was like, Brian, like our kids are going to like their friends our, their their friend's dad is our pastor. Like this is so <laughs> radically different than the way I grew up and how cool that is for us. So you guys are such a huge blessing in our life, not just from the church perspective, but just family friends. Well, that's awesome. We feel the same way about you guys. And people sometimes will ask me because my dad was a pastor growing up too. And they will ask me this question um, of, hey, what did he do right that, you know, you're now sort of following in his footsteps and doing the same thing. And the the answer for me was always that 
Um, I, the same guy that I saw on the platform was the same guy that, that I saw at home. Like he wasn't mm. this like bigger than life, uh, or untouchable personality or, you know, and again, not that I think there was a generation maybe in the church world and maybe it was the same in Catholic. I don't know. I didn't grow up in that, that, um, you know, aspect of the faith, but where the preacher sort of felt uh, untouchable and he was For the sure. man of the cloth and he was the man of God and somebody carried his Bible in, you know, and like, like, you know, just sort of that, that kind of a thing. And I think because I never saw that from my dad, it would be very unnatural um, to, to be treated any differently than just Josh and Lisa. And hopefully we're doing our best to, um, you know, do what God's called us to do well, just like you're doing your best to do what God's called you to do and the voice that he's given you well. And I know you and Brian, just because I know you, you don't see yourselves as some special, and you say it in your social media stuff all the yeah. time, like, hey, we just like do the next right thing. And we, right. you know, we took a step of faith and, you know, we made some decisions that over time, consistency in those decisions take us to a place where we're hopefully able to help people. So I think I, I give my dad the credit for that and obviously God, but like it would be very unnatural for us to, um, to do it any differently. So yeah. Lisa, um, it was probably, I don't know, early on in our, our marriage and we were eating dinner downtown and we were kind of like deciding, should we, should we do this? Should we do that? Are people watching us and nothing like unethical, just like, should we go into this this restaurant, they only have seats up at the bar. Should we go sit up at the bar? And mm -hmm. Lisa asked me a question. She said, Hey, Josh, how long do you want to do this? And I was like, do what? And she said, do ministry in Charleston. And I said, I don't know. I mean, I hope as long as I'm alive, I hope God would allow us to do it. And she said, well, don't you think it would be better if we just were, were ourselves then yeah. and stopped feeling like we had to, you know, question every move or question whether we should go here or go there and just be authentic. And the people that can handle us, we'll, we'll be, you know, we'll yeah. be cool with it. And the people that can't, we'll find somewhere else. And so anyways, long answer to that. you didn't She's even a ask a question woman. yet. So She's a yeah, it was woman, helpful. Yet, Lisa. I love that she so is. much. Um, gosh, we could talk about everything, right. And so many things. And I said, right before we started that I kind of want to ask you questions that I get from my audience a lot. Um, but also a lot of the same questions that I have, and I'm, I'm probably not going to tell <laughs> the viewers if they're from my audience or from me, cause they really overlap a lot. Um, and you know, it's questions that I always think like, God, I gotta ask Josh this when we see him at dinner, you know, I gotta, and, and that's the coolest thing is you are so humble and approachable and non-judgmental, which is, you know, the epitome of what I think a Christian should be. I've always felt like that door is wide open and I really can ask you guys everything, but I'm also like nervous about some of these questions, right? Um, so kind of the first thing, the thing that I get asked the most is I will talk in my own social media about a higher power, which that language really comes from, you know, AA and my recovery in Alcoholics Anonymous, um, a lot of people say universe, a lot of people say God, and then a lot of people say Jesus. And I've gotten it kind of from both sides where, uh, and probably more so from Christian friends that are like, you cannot use the word universe. <laughs> and I'm like, but my thought is, you know, again, I'm just me. I'm just using language. It's semantics. You know, sometimes it's just whatever's kind of bubbling up. But my thought has always been and always trying to go where God leads me is 
I have been able to reach so many people and I'm not saying like reach people to convert them to Christianity, Christianity, but reach them just through a heart level through a, let's try to live a better life. Let's open your eyes up to that. The fact that we aren't God by using that language. And it's not, it's not super intentional for me. I'm not you know, sitting there using universe so I can try to manipulate somebody into thinking more about God or Jesus. But I believe that God has called me to reach outside of, you know, people that are believers today. And so I've been able to do that. And I just think, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with speaking about it in these different words, but yeah. Yeah. I think you might disagree with that. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, I think that pro- well, I have a lot of thoughts on it, which number one, my thought is I love how much of a bridge builder that you are, you know, oh. even though, and I, I love the way that you said you're not trying to do that to convert somebody. Cause I think when we enter into any relationship with somebody with the express goal of converting them, I think we have a, a skewed relationship right off the bat, you know, you know what I mean? Like, but I think that the people that may be critical of you, uh, using like universe or whatever that might be, maybe because of, you know, a lot of different, um, maybe Eastern religions, a lot of different people have used those terms and maybe they are, uh, taking people down a different path than, you know, the path that they had been brought down by, you know, the God of, uh, the Judaism and the God of the Hebrew Bible and Jesus. And so, but, but I, it was funny. I was with a guy who I really respect a lot. He lives in LA and, uh, because I live, you know, you do as well. I live in Charleston and we are sort of an interesting place that we're in the South and we're in the Bible belt, but Charleston itself is a little bit more of a, uh, melting pot of people Mm -hmm. who've come from all over the place and different backgrounds and all of that stuff. But this guy was telling me about a relationship that he had with a a woman who's in um, Hollywood and she's in the the industry um, of, you know, acting and all of that. And, and she basically hired him as a mentor, not, mm. she wasn't a believer. She wasn't, you know, Christ follower. And she would always talk about the energy and the energy and the energy. Yeah. And he, it was funny because he felt like, and he was explaining this to a group of us pastors. He was like, man, I, I felt no conviction from God to correct her about her yeah. terminology. I just felt like I was supposed to build a relationship with her and, and kind of connect with her at her level. And then at some point deeper into the relationship, she started talking to him and said, there's just this energy about you. And he was like, well, can I tell you more about like the energy that I have? Mm-hmm. And, um, and he even used a phrase that's a scripture. He said, can I tell you about the energy above all other energies? And he was mm-hmm. talking about Jesus because of his experience and faith with, with Christ. But, um, but I love that he didn't feel like he had to major on a minor thing, which right. he was basically connecting with her in her context and the yes. way that she understood faith. And so I love that you're a bridge builder. Uh, I personally probably would be less likely to use uh, some of that language, not because, sure. again, not because I think you're wrong for doing it, but because, you know, um, I didn't go through AAA and I don't have yeah. your story. And I didn't, you know, that wasn't a transformational thing for me. And so, uh, I believe in the God of the Bible. I believe in Jesus as the the Son of God. I believe all of these things. But I think one of the biggest challenges with the American church is that we're so dead set on getting people to believe exactly the way we believe uh, mm-hmm. for the sake of, like you said, converting them um, yeah. instead of loving, connecting with people, adding value to people 
And then when they give you permission and your relationship gets to the point where you can connect around, hey, what do you believe? Awesome. Like, let's go there. Let's talk right. about that stuff. I'm not trying to suppress our beliefs, but I think that um, I think one of the biggest challenges, even when you see some of the cultural issues that we have today, um, my frustrations when something comes down, uh, even a decision that I may agree with, most of my frustration is with people who may believe the same thing I believe, but the tone that they're taking mm -hmm. and the attitude that they're taking is further separating them from the people that we're supposed to be called to love as Christ followers. So I don't know if I gave you a non-answer there, but I do think that you're a bridge builder <laughs> and you're, you know, you're constantly looking for ways to uh, widen the tent of people that, that are going to listen to you and be encouraged by you and be helped by you. And I think that's admirable. Wow. Thank you. No, I feel like that was an amazing answer because you just kind of took down the fences instead of, like you said, put them up. You know, I can remember um, actually being in an AA meeting on my fourth day of sobriety. So like, I remember that as clear as day. And it was a priest talking. And he said, um, he said, religion has divided the whole world up and spirituality teaches the world to hold hands. And I just remember thinking, how incredibly powerful that is. And he said, he actually said, religion is man-made and spirituality is God-given. And again, hearing that from a priest, like I grew up with, allowed me to kind of bring these two worlds together that I thought were conflicting and, and didn't go together and, and realize what I believe in how I live my life today. Like it is all the same, you know, people hear me talk about the law of attraction and I think they think that's like woo woo. And I'm like, it's biblical, you know, ask and it is given. And, and, you know, just like you said about this other woman energy, like all of that, whether you're saying, you know, whether you're talking about the Holy spirit or you just know energy and intuition and, you know, that inner guidance that can, whatever we want to call it, it's, it's absolutely the same thing. There's no, yeah. they're not on the opposite sides of the fence for sure. I agree. And I think that it's, it's so funny because it's just actually people who maybe don't have a context for the same language or like you mm -hmm. said, semantics words, recognizing uh, that the, what, what I would call again, from my, my perspective, the fruit of the spirit, uh, mm -hmm. love, joy, peace, uh, kindness, uh, you know, um, there's, there's nine of them and pastor over here can only list off four right <laughs> off the top of my head. But, um, but those are all things that I think people who may not have a context for the same language that I have. And so they use, they use different language. They use mm -hmm. language that they have a context for recognizing the fruit of what God is doing in you and being drawn to that. And so call it energy. If you want to call it the Holy Spirit. Uh, which is who I would say, you know, that, that would be my frame of reference yeah. in my context and who I would, uh, you know, acknowledge it as. But um, I think that rather than fighting over how we say it, maybe recognize, hey, God's kind of at work in this person's life. And what if my question was, okay, God, do you have me, would you have me play a part in what you're already doing in this person's life rather than I'm going to show up into a room and my job is to convert somebody or right. to, to my beliefs or, you know, whatever. And so, so often I think we can get, and again, I don't, I think that some of it is very much like we talked at our church this weekend about false teachers. And I think mm -hmm. there is a desire among Christians that is noble that, Hey, I want to make sure that I'm not, you know, you know, following some path that's going to end up getting me hurt. In fact, our pastor that talked, I don't know if you guys were able to hear the message this weekend, but he talked about how his parents were mm -hmm. actually like, um, 
potentially going to be influenced by Jim Jones cult. And there's some crazy things out there. And I think there's there's good in wanting to be discerning and wanting to be careful. But, um, but, but when I look at the 95% of the people that we're talking about, like, man, just recognize that like, they don't have your context and language and all of that stuff. So don't, don't throw rocks at them for, um, for expressing God activity in their life and, and the only way that they have a context to express it. So, yeah, that just reminded me of a really funny and pivotal conversation. So Brian and I were out to dinner with you and Lisa, and I had just met with an intuit, which seems very opposite of like, you know, Christianity and the church. And Brian was about to crawl under the table, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, Moira, do not bring this up. And he kind of started to say like, oh Lord, she's like into all this crazy stuff. And, and you were like, no, 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 no. Like, absolutely. God can speak prophetically through people. And you kind of, you told us about an experience that you had. Do you want to share that? Actually, I remember you were in the car do you remember this? It was like a yes, traditional yes. time and somebody kind of called you with a message that was like, I don't even know where this is coming from, but I feel like I needed to contact you. And so the idea of intuits or people getting messages, it's not, and I hear what you're saying. Like we do need to discern. We do need to be careful. We're not listening to crazies. Right. But right. there is a side of that. That's so valid. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think that there is, like you said, um, like there is, uh, good and evil in our world and there are good and evil ways that people can use this sort of thing. And, uh, I do think that we have to be careful because there's good evil, there's, uh, real and fake and all of that stuff, but, but your story. So there was a season of my life. I was actually leading this church and I felt kind of disconnected from God. I felt uh, a little bit of distance, which is troublesome when you're just, you know, when you're any believer trying to connect with God, but really troublesome when you're trying to lead a large church in connecting yeah. with God. And thankfully, I'm in an environment where I feel like I can be honest when I go through those seasons, because I do believe that everybody goes through maybe drier seasons or seasons mm-hmm. where it's harder to um, to hear or to be inspired and all of that. And so I went out to a conference and and really I was just at this conference, hoping it would be one of those like mountaintop experiences, spiritual highs. I'd hear from God. I'd come home with like a journal full of, you know, God moments. And I really didn't have any, um, mm-hmm. I, I watched a bunch of other people have cool God moments, but I just felt like I still felt the same way. And so I'm driving to the airport to come home. And I was with a group of people that I was leaving the night before everybody else was. So I was driving to the airport by myself and it was, uh, it was about a three hour drive from where we were. And I get this text message from my dad with a voice memo and he says, Hey, you need to listen to this. And so, uh, long story short, there's this guy, he has the, again, in my context, we call it the gift of prophecy, Mm -hmm. uh, where God sometimes allows him to, um, to see things in other people and speak to those things. And so he was a friend of a friend of my dad's. They had never met. Uh, that friend connected the two of them. And so when, when you listen to the message, literally their phone call started with, hey, tell me your name. My dad was like, I'm Greg Surratt. Tell me about your church. And so he had no context for who we were, who our family wow. is, any of that stuff. And so he begins to pray for him. And about, I don't know, 10 minutes into his prayer, he said, I really feel um, like I need to pray for your second son. Uh, what is his name? And my dad said, well, his name is Joshua. 
uh, Surat. And he said, okay. And he began to basically what he said was Josh is seeking after me. Uh, he wants a fresh experience with me. And what he needs to know is I'm already right there with him. I'm actually working on some things in the, in the bow of his boat was the language that he used, but he was cleaning out some things. And he said, he just needs to know I'm right here. I'm right with him. And then he also talked about some things that nobody could have known what's going on in my life. I mean, things that nobody would have known except for God, uh, literally me and God. And he spoke to those things in such a like life-giving, encouraging way that like I went from being so discouraged because like I'm, I'm literally driving to the airport going, is there something wrong with me? A have I done something to make God mad at me? A am I not even the real deal? Like all of these questions that I have in my own like spirit. And then I all in a moment, I'm like, I just got a text message from God. Like I just got like a specific <laughs> message amazing. from a guy who's got this gift of prophecy. And, um, and it was so encouraging for me. And again, I didn't like reorient my entire life around that. And if that had, if he had said things that didn't really line up with scripture or the heart of God, I, I think you have to be careful. You have to test yeah. all of that stuff. You can't take something like that and just be like, okay, I'm going to, you know, um, sell everything and, and commit everything to what was said there. I, that's where I think there, there has to be this discernment. But in that case, it was just like, okay. And wow. I, I shared it with several of my friends and eventually I shared parts of it with the church, but, um, wow. but to, to not only get confirmation that this was God speaking in my life, but then also just to sort of encourage other people in their faith wow. that, Hey, you may not think that God knows where you are. Uh, you may feel unseen. You may feel like um, you're, you're sort of, uh, lost in your own world and your own problems, but but the God of the universe can find you. You, you don't have to, you know, mm. uh, wave a bunch of flags, and you don't have to like. I uh, think about the, well, whatever. There's a scripture in the Old Testament where these false prophets of Baal were like doing all these dances and yeah. rituals and things, and and you know, the, the the true prophet of God was like, God, would you just show up? And, and he and he does, and it's like we don't have to. To, to try so hard, um, we, we can be reminded that God knows exactly where we are and exactly what we need. And sometimes it's not what we think we need. Like at that point, Always. I thought I needed <laughs> this like, you know, big demonstrative burning, yeah. burning. Yeah. And it's like, no, he knew what I needed and he gave it yeah. to me. Um, I, I would say that that random text message from a stranger is a little bit of a burning bush. That's kind of a hundred percent. Yeah. It yeah. just wasn't in the way I thought it was going to be. I yeah. thought it would be, I had a context for the, yes. the ways that God had spoken to me up until that point in my life. And most of them were in either a small group or like a large church experience and worship mm -hmm. and all of these things that were like my context for how God would speak to me. And he, and he totally blew that out of the water. And, yeah. uh, and so I think being open to to God speaking to you and on his terms and in his way. Yeah. Um, sometimes we can be so, so focused on how we experienced him in the past mm. that we, you know, we, we miss how he's actually yeah. talking to us right now. If you're looking for some more in-depth training on mindset practices and how to create your vision, how to reverse engineer your goals, how to craft your morning process, all of the things that I'm super passionate about, you guys, the Rise Up course is where it's at. It is literally my lifetime, my mind in a course, every single tip, strategy, and hack that you could possibly ask me about is in this course. So jump into the show notes right below and you'll see the link for the Rise Up course and my Rise Up planner. 
and you guys can rise up with us. And our expectation of the future, you know, I know when, and I don't want to go into this, but like me, you know, going into coaching, I was like, absolutely not. Like, this is not what I'm going to do with my life. This is not the plan, you know, and, and God had other plans and I just had to keep listening to that, like knock on my heart. So going back to the gift of prophecy, I'm curious I would say, or my belief is that we kind of all have that to some degree, right? I think some people are definitely gifted with it much more. And I think, like you said, it's it's almost like going to speak and, and give a sermon every Sunday. The more you flex that muscle, the more you kind of, you get better at it, right? But I think about some of, like some of our best friends, the mom and the daughter, it's always so awesomely cool for me to see them hear kind of that whisper and act on it. And I think so often we just don't act on it. And a couple specific examples, one time we were at like a Moe's or something and I'm oblivious to this argument that was happening. And my friend kind of just gets up from the table and like goes and lays her hand on these two strangers that could have been a very dangerous situation and just says, Hey, like, God just spoke to me and I don't know what's going on, but this is the message and like floats away. And I'm like, I, I think I could have just gotten that message from God and, and been too scared, you know, to yeah. take action. So I feel like we all have that on some level. We just, we kind of squelch it right out of fear or uncomfortability or what are people going to think of me? This is weird. Do you think the same? I 100% agree with you. In fact, I'll go into preacher mode and give you a scripture that just totally supports what you said. It's 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. It says, let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, Mm -hmm. especially the ability to prophesy. So in that Mm -hmm. verse, it's like actually singles out that particular gift and says, hey, as believers, we should all eagerly desire it. And, um, and, And I think that like, as you talk about that, I think that fear is a big piece of it because I don't ever want to be the guy that's, um, you know, that says something stupid or says something that is not God. It was just my own thing. And so I think with that verse, it says, let love be your highest goal. So if your Mm. goal is to love somebody and to add value to them, and maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're like, Hey, maybe I do have this gift. I think it's a beautiful thing to just take a baby step. And here's yeah. what I do. Like when I have one of those moments where I feel like God's actually shown me something uh, that's for somebody else, I'll, I'll approach them and I'll say, listen, um, I might be completely off here. Yeah. Uh, like I think if you, if you approach it with humility, like, yes. Hey, I'm, I'm not like, you know, please don't take this to the bank. I might be wrong, but, but here's something that I felt like I saw. And this happened to me. I'll give you one example. Um, one of the guys on our staff is named Steven. He leads our college ministry and we were in uh, staff prayer time. And I just felt like I saw Steven and I saw these like brick walls all around him, and I just saw him falling down. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. an interesting thought. And nine times out of 10, I don't do anything with it. Sadly, I'd love to think I'm more spiritual, but I, I just was like, you know what, I'm going to go up to him and I'm going to just tell him this. I'm like, this might sound weird, but I just saw walls falling down all around you. And I don't know what that means. And you don't need to tell me what it means, just, you know, or if it means nothing. And about a year later, he came to me and he like went through this whole Mm. story of how that moment was so pivotal to what God had been doing in his life. And it was the confirmation that he had been 
asking for and needing. And so again, it doesn't have to be uh, like this getting on the platform and grabbing a microphone and thus saith the Lord, you know, but I think we all have friends in our life. If we genuinely love them, that's our highest goal. Why wouldn't God sometimes want to use us to be a voice of encouragement in their life? And by the way, it doesn't always have to be like this picture or this thing about their future. Sometimes it's just like, Hey, here's a verse that I had that I want to encourage you with, or I've been noticing you (laughs) like crushing it as a mom. And I just wanted to to let you, like, I think that that prophecy comes in all kinds of different ways. It's not Mm -hmm. like always a foretelling of the future, but the Bible uses it as it's edifying as like the the Bible word for it, but it's to build up people. Like that's the reason that God gives us prophecy is to build up people. And we can do that. Um, again, in our own language, in our own context. Yeah. And, um, and I think that you'll find that your friendships will be richer if you'll For take sure. a few risks to do it. So. Yeah. And we can edify every day, all day, right? I mean, it's, we, yeah. we need more of that. The world needs more of that. And yeah, just speaking life, right? It's just speaking life over people. Yeah. I love that. Um, I want to ask you a question that I, I was in a group, maybe gosh, I don't know, five or 10 years ago, um, alpha. Yeah. Alpha kind of like that intro, like, you know, I don't know. How would you describe alpha for the audience? I think alpha really is for the maybe skeptic or new Christian or somebody who just has a lot of questions about the faith. Like what I love about alpha, it's like a, I don't know, maybe like an eight or nine week course, but, um, Honestly, the people that mess up alpha are the the Christians that are there that, are, that their goal <laughs> is to convert people because right, it's really right. supposed to be like this this small group format where you can just like ask your honest questions. Yeah. Nobody's gonna you know judge you for it, and nobody's even gonna like feel like compelled that they have to have a great answer. But it's right. a place to to ask those honest questions about yeah. Christianity and God yeah. and the Bible and all of that. Great explanation of it. So I went and and felt called one Sunday, I think when they were speaking about it to bring my brother who is, I mean, if he listens to this, he'll own it, the biggest skeptic in the world, right? And I was like, what a cool experience because I certainly have questions. I think we all do. And I was like, what a cool experience for us to go through this together. And so one of my biggest questions though at that point in my life was, you know, I really stepped back into my relationship with God and, and spirituality when I got sober at 21. So many, many years ago. And through AA, it's always been the higher power God. And so my question was at the time, I've had this incredible relationship with God for the last, you know, maybe 15 years at the time. And woken up every day in prayer, woken up every day and turned my will in my life over to the care of God. And it has absolutely served me. And I could, you know, list out a million things that have happened in those years that was, you know, absolutely God orchestrated. So my confusion was, I I felt like why, and I don't know if it's a narrowing or an opening, but at the time I was thinking, why, why do I need to narrow the road to Jesus? And I know that probably sounds negative, but like, why do I need to take it which my audience probably thinks a lot about from God universe. If they have this rich spiritual life, what, why go like dig deeper into what I think is the more, you know, details of Jesus. And the interesting thing, and I obviously want you to answer this question, but at the time, my small group leader looked at me there with lots of love in his eyes and lots of kindness and just said, Moira, I would, I would just, you know, have you maybe look back at that 
all those experiences with God that you've had in your life and, and know that it was Jesus. And in that moment, like instant tears sprung through to my eyes, like just a, a wash of emotions came over me. That is, you know, unexplainable to me, except the Holy spirit. And it was like a knowing, you know, um, but I, I still kind of struggle with that even in my day to day, because my foundation is so much broader, you know, with yeah. spirituality and God. So what do you, wh- where do you take that? Well, I love your, uh, small group leaders explanation. It actually reminds me of the guy I was telling you about earlier. That's like, Hey, what, what if the energy above all energies, um, is, is Jesus. And, and here's, here's my thing. I think that we can approach that from like a real argumentative way. Um, or we can approach it from, for me, Jesus is the most tangible expression of the love that God has for humanity, that he like, you know, that the God of the universe, the God who created all of this, the God who set all of this stuff in motion, loved us so much that rather than creating another religion, where you have to jump through every single hoop in order to try to get yourself closer to him, he actually came to us. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he, he said, Hey, you don't have to, you don't have to jump through any hoops. This isn't about you and your, you know, actualization of a greater level of righteousness so that you can have a better standing with me. It's, it's me uh, coming to the earth and giving up everything for you. And so for me, you know, like I would, I, I love the way your, your teacher or your small group leader answered that. It's like, man, what if uh, Romans, I think it's Romans one, Paul talks about like how people who don't even know the name of Jesus, people who have no context for who Jesus is just through creation, mm. they're going to know God. And and when I think about that, you know, it'd be so much fun one day to sit down and go like, we'll, we'll talk to you about that. Because a lot of times people will go, well, what about the person who lives in the bush, and they've never yeah. heard and all that stuff. And I think, like, doesn't God have the ability to connect with people all over the world, in their context, in their, their language, and, their, you know, uh, and and show them his love, which I believe was expressed through through Jesus. And, uh, and I wonder, again, I don't know this. I'm so thankful that my job isn't to determine, uh, you know, uh, who gets into heaven and who doesn't, or, or, or all of that stuff. I'm like, you know, thankfully when I, when I know the Bible's not called me to be a judge, I certainly know that it's not my place to figure all that stuff out. But I wonder if even Jesus being the way, uh, he says in John 14, the way, the truth and the life, even Jesus being the way, I wonder if there aren't going to be a whole lot of people uh, that we're sitting around a table one day, you know, in eternity. And it's like, man, I didn't even know what Jesus did. You know, I didn't even know yes. who he was. So it's, 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 uh, it's above my pay grade to determine, you know, how we, uh, you know, how God sorts all that stuff out. But I think that, um, I think that, that Jesus for me is the ultimate expression of, of God's love for humanity. And he's the ultimate bridge builder. And he's the one that could say at the same time, like, adultery is wrong and it's a sin and it's terrible. And at the same time can reach out to a woman who's in the middle of adultery and, you know, uh, run off every person who wanted to judge her and throw stones Mm -hmm. at her and speak and look into her eyes and and give her value. And he just, he was able to like hold these tensions of belief and love and action and do it in such a, a perfect way. Um, 
that um that I think the more people that's why for me like when you talk about religion and all of that I'm like man just even if you don't know what you think about him study the life of Jesus yeah. and he's he's going to be attractive to you because so yeah. often uh, you know religion and Christ followers even and well-meaning people we just don't do a great job of reflecting him mm. um to the world and so if we can point people to to him I think it's going to they're going to have a good experience with them. So even though they might not with the church. Yes. You just touched on kind of everything that I, so many of the things I was thinking coming into this. And one of those questions is, you know, and, and this is where I do get a little like riled up. I'm like, you can't tell me that a little boy in a country far off that's never heard the word Jesus isn't getting into heaven, you know? And so you kind of just spoke into that and said like, that's not, and it's not about, this isn't necessarily what, you know, you believe or the church believes, but, but permission to say, I, 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 have, I don't, I mean, are you saying that? Like, I think that is kind of a hard line for me. Like, is the church is Seacoast or are you as a pastor saying, no, if he does not hear about Jesus and not know about Jesus, then absolutely he's not getting into heaven. I know it's one of those detailed things, but like, I'm like, I I can't get on board with that. You know? Well, yeah. What I'm saying is I'm not the one to judge who gets into heaven or not, you yeah. know, you know? And so I go by like my, my job, my hope is to, to tell as many people about Jesus as I possibly can. And I believe that our, our even um, understanding of, um, of salvation in the, the Western church is a little bit skewed. Like we've got, we've somehow gotten to a point where it's like, pray a prayer and you're going to go into heaven. Right. And I don't think, I think when you look through scripture in, in the new Testament, especially you see like, people coming together into this community. And I mean, we read the verses like Jews and Gentiles, and there is no male, no female there, like where Jesus actually brought people together with very diverse backgrounds, very diverse beliefs. One of the biggest fights that they had in Acts chapter 15 was about basically whether or not people had to become Jewish in order to be a Christ follower. And it was all about Mm -hmm. circumcision. And it was this huge fight. And it doesn't seem like a big deal to us because it's not a big deal to us today, but it would be like a lot of the issues that we make a big deal today of. And they're like, Hey, let's make it as simple and easy as let's not, I think actually what I won't quote it, but what they said there is let's not make it hard for people to, to come to, to faith. Uh, Let's not make it hard for people to come to Christ. And so they, said, no, you don't have to do all of that stuff, you know, and they, they, they narrowed the list. And so, um, so I don't, I don't get to judge who gets there and who doesn't. I do believe that Jesus came as the sacrifice for our sin, which may sound really weird to, to non-Christian people. And I understand that. Um, I I do believe that um, Jesus demonstrated the greatest act of love. Uh, Is there any act of love greater than laying down your life? for, for your friends. And, um, and because he did that, we have peace with God. And I think that God is, uh, way bigger than me, his perspective on humanity, his, the love that he has for that person in Africa, that's never heard is way bigger than mine. Most of the time when we bring that up, we're bringing it up to try to win an argument, right. um, versus like really understanding the heart of God and his willingness that if he could find me in my car on the way from, you know, Redding, California mm. to Sacramento in a, a really creative, unorthodox way, why couldn't he find a person who's, you know, in Africa or for me, like I'll remember, and I, I know we, I don't want to belabor this too much, but I was in Nicaragua or no, I'm sorry. I was in Panama. 
Uh, and we were doing ministry on the San Blas Islands, which are beautiful. There's like 300 islands and they don't even speak Spanish. They've got this native language. And we went down there for a month. Uh, this was right after high school for me. I was probably 18 or 19 years old. And we would um, we'd do these these bigger like, uh, you know, um, block, you know, street block party things we'd show them we actually would show the bulls championship game because they had all had heard of michael jordan <laughs> but they'd never that. seen him and uh so it would draw a bunch of people and we would talk about jesus and we would connect with these people and then we would do small groups and i remember in one of the small groups we were just sharing like our faith and sharing scripture and this guy starts talking and he's talking another language and it's being translated to us and basically what he says is hey these things you're talking about I've known all my life. Mm. Uh, God has shown them to me in this way and that way and this way. And he said, I never had, you know, again, uh, paraphrasing, I never had the context and the language that you have, but God's already been showing, showing me these things in my own way. And I'm like, you yeah. know what? That's pretty amazing. Like God yeah. is a big God and a lot bigger than us. Yes. And, um, and his love is a lot bigger than ours. And so, um, I, I, I trust him with that. And I just want to do my part to, to try to love people as well as I can and, um, and, you know, tell them about what he's done in my life. So, yeah, I love that so much, so much. And I think, you know, when people, I think my desire to have the conversation here too, is it's those specifics that keep people away, right? It's the, those specific things that they just can't kind of work through in their own mind that they, it keeps them out of the church. And, and so even that, I think sometimes I get in conversation where it's like, I've heard like, well, why do I need to go to church every week? You know, it's like, I, I can find God on the beach. And I'm like, but do you go to the, I, my, my argument with my brother is always like, but do you go sit on the beach every Sunday for an hour? Because I don't think you, you know what I mean? Like, and, and right. worship and pray and really kind of, it's, it's, so if nothing else, I think going to church on a weekly basis provides that for me is that space and absolutely that community but that time to actually sit and pray and to worship and to contemplate and to just pull back from my own life, you know, I, it's yeah. never, you know, I never come out of church any worse. That's for sure. So it's like, yeah. we argue that we can find God everywhere, but you know, if you're not going to church every week, are you really taking that time out? Yeah. And I think you can find God everywhere, but I think that even, um, there are, there are lots of statistics that have been studied by secular organizations over the years about, um, people who attend church regularly and how it impacts and improves their mental health, uh, their relationships, um, a, a lot. And I think you're pointing to a lot of it. It's not necessarily that, you know, everything they heard and wrote down and put into practice changed their life. Although I think it would, I think it's that you are intentional mm -hmm. about going for a period of time, an hour on a Sunday to, to grow in your relationship with God, to grow as a person. And you're not going to get worse because of that. Right. I mean, unless you're in a cult uh, that's you right. know, taking you to do something crazy. But uh, again, I think that, um, I think ultimately if you're, if you're making that time to lean in and to have it, like, the community is a huge part of it. Like, cause mm -hmm. those questions that, that you're even talking about, I think if you don't have a valid, like, group of people to, to just talk about it and be honest with it. Hey, this is an area that I really struggle with. How do you see that? What's your perspective yeah. on that? To me, that's where you learn to, um, kind of doubt your doubts. And yeah. Yeah, cause usually we doubt, uh, the truth 
but then we just give so much validity to our own questions, our own doubts, even our own self-doubt, self-doubts mm-hmm. that we start to live as if they're true. And when you have friends, community that you can process that stuff with, I think, again, my goal isn't that everybody that comes to Seacoast has to believe everything that I believe in order to belong to this community. But I know that if they'll come and they'll belong and they'll, they'll, they'll get connected, that ultimately, whatever God wants to change in their life, whatever God wants to, however he wants to grow them, he's going to do that. Uh, that's not my job. Um, he's going to do it, but he's going to use, you know, people and the space and the time and the worship and his word to accomplish that stuff in people's lives. Absolutely. Love that. Um, okay. Let's dig into a big one. Homosexuality. Because I think this is a big thing that separates, right? And I did hear, I heard you preach on it maybe a couple months ago, right? Mm -hmm. And you're one of my close friends. And I was like, oh, (laughs) some feathers are being majorly ruffled here, Josh. So I remember, I think it was Glennon Melton, um, many years ago, was kind of arguing this point, actually, before she came out. But um, arguing the point of, and and kind of articulated this beautiful like visual of the last supper and said, you know, if Jesus was here today and she's very much the preacher of like, you know, like you're saying, like, let's look at Jesus's life, not at the details of, you know, kind of the man-made parts of some of our religions. But if Jesus was to have the last supper today, he would have, you know, the transgender, the, this, like the, the most extreme examples of what we think or what society thinks is wrong with people this day and age, those would be the people at the table. And not in, I don't think she's saying this from like a, so he can save them and, you know, change their choices. But I just, you know, it goes back to those, like, you know, the, the little boy in Africa that's never heard of Jesus. It's kind of that same thought with, you know, I know a a lot of gay people in, in my life that are incredible humans and again, it's, you already said it, it's not our place to judge whether they're getting into heaven or not. But I think the divide sometimes comes where it's like, but, but do you believe, like, I know you're saying you can't, you're not going to judge it, that God's ultimately going to judge that. But like, it's really hard for me to get on board in a community where the belief is that it's sin, or it's, you know, wrong, and it's not biblical. And it kind of the belief is they aren't going to get into heaven. And I just have a really hard time with like, you know, a lot of Christians would argue, take a thief and a murderer that says Jesus is the son of God, that's his free ticket into heaven. But take this noble, you know, giver of all things and amazing human in our society that's homosexual and they're not, you know, that's, yeah. that's a big thing for people. So yeah, that's a lot. So you want me to answer that question in <laughs> five minutes? <laughs> no, I think this is a huge conversation that the church has to have and get better at. And by the way, I'm, I'm grateful that you're willing to bring up uncomfortable conversations. Yeah and process them. And I, I think that to your point about, and I didn't catch her name, but the the person that you mentioned, Glennon, yeah, Glennon, Glennon, there's no question that when you look at the life of Jesus, the people that were most drawn to him were people who were often most ostracized by the church, mm-hmm. by the, you know, religious leaders and community of that day. And so I would say a hundred percent that and a hundred percent like our, our job with people is to love them where they are and let the Holy Spirit 
do whatever he wants to do in their life. And where, where I would probably, you know, again, disagree with you. And it's not because I want to, it's because I try to like, look through the scripture and figure out like, what, what is God's best? I would say that the des- original design would be that God made men and woman, man and woman, male and female, uh, to, to be together. He out- told them to be fruitful, and multiply all of that stuff. Uh, but here's, here's my thing. <laughs> when you walk into the, the foyer at Seacoast church and you look across the foyer, you're going to see people who are, um, in same sex relationships. You're going to see a whole lot of people who are, um, in opposite sex relationships, but not again, according to the high standard that if you looked at the Bible as a list of guidelines, uh, that are falling short of that standard. Mm. Uh, and, and what I think the church has done. And again, I feel like, I feel like this is a conversation that we should come back and have a full podcast on it because I don't want to be misinterpreted in uh, any of what I'm saying. But what, what I think that we've done in the church is we've said, Hey, um, I'm going to minimize the things that, uh, maybe if I'm being scrutinized by the perfect standard of God's word, I'm going to minimize the areas that I fall short in that, but I'm going to maximize areas where other people fall short in it. And the only time that I see the Bible really emphasizing a sin above others, and I might be overstating that there may be others, but the, the most consistent one is pride. Uh, Mm. that is the one that more times than not. In fact, the Bible says that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so when, when I get all puffed up because my belief is right and your belief is wrong and I'm better than you and all that stuff, I know that's when I'm positioning myself, uh, against the God of the universe. And I don't want to do that. And so I think we have to approach these conversations with humility. And to your point, you said you have a lot of friends, a ton of friends who are, um, gay and, awesome and live the, and I do too. And I have conversations a lot with these people and usually they end up being an hour and a half to two hour long, uh, sit down conversations where we're understanding each other's stories better, where I'm going and saying, Hey, I'm not here to tell you, um, you know, where I'm right and you're wrong about this stuff. I'm here to learn from you and you're here to learn from me. And let me share where like my beliefs kind of get me like in a place that's just messy and tricky and difficult. And it's not that I believe that you're, you know, a terrible person or that you're less than any of that stuff. It's just where like my convictions are maybe different than yours. And almost all the time, actually, I can't remember any time that I've had sit down long conversation with somebody where we didn't leave with a greater level of trust, understanding, respect, love for each other. Because on the other side of that, I feel like the, the, like, in, in our world of extremes that we live in more, and you see it yeah. all the time where you're either this or you're that, I feel mm-hmm. like somebody who may lovingly hold to a belief that is like, um, different than yours gets put on this, like, you're a bigot, you're a hater, you're right. a judgmental person, you're a whatever. Whereas, you know, on the other side of it, somebody who, um, you know, maybe in a same sex relationships gets cast out as this, you know, whatever, I'm not going to even name some of the names that people call them, because I don't want to further hurt people. But it's like, no, no, most of us are right in the middle. And like, even um, my friends who are in same sex relationships, they all have different stories, right? And they all 
got to where they are, you know, from different directions. And so I think we try to paint with a really broad brush and everybody's, you know, the same and all of that stuff. Um, I just think it doesn't do anybody any good. And so, um, I, I feel like I've kind of danced around it, uh, your, your question. Um, you're right. I know that it's not my place to judge people. It's my place to love people. I believe that God created everybody. I believe that God loves everybody. And I believe that God handles each of us at, at the pace in which he knows we need to be uh, corrected. There are so many things in my life that, that, that man, he lovingly um, brought me through various things. I won't get deep into the weeds of a lot of that stuff, but in our marriage struggles that we've had, my own addictions, my own challenges, and he's been graceful and he's used people who have come close to me and not, not distance themselves from me. He's used people who have loved me and, and uh, been willing to, to speak uh, truth and love into my life. And I wouldn't be where I am if it weren't for that. And so I don't ever want to be a soundbite that is, you know, uh, you know, maybe one little aspect yeah. of how I, I believe or how I see or interpret a certain scripture to be used to hurt somebody or to distance somebody. I think, man, come close. Let's talk. Let's have a relationship. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, we're both going to be better off because of that. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's so much of what just needs to happen is the conversations need to be open, right? The fences need to come down because that's really the only way we're ever going to kind of bring it together and, and, and get anywhere with this. Right. Yeah. yeah, for sure. No, I really appreciate kind of your take on that. Um, we could have, we could talk for three more hours, but I'm not going to hold you. <laughs> I know you've got a meeting to get to, um, where, where can people kind of go from here? Right. Like if they're where we've been talking about with, a, you know, I, I just think the, so much of the large majority is in that struggle where they just want to explore more, but there's fear, there's fear of judgment, there's, you know, they're just confused. And, and I'm not saying confused on these issues and therefore need to be saved or need to be converted. Yeah. But where do you suggest people kind of go? I mean, obviously Seacoast, <laughs> I think. Well, it's yeah, really I mean, I would love to, such we, a we do, place. we try to have a, an environment that is absolutely a judgment-free zone. And um, yeah. like one thing that you can be sure of if you do come to Seacoast is that you're going to come into a room full of broken people who are, you know, mostly trying to lean in and, and grow in their relationship with God and their relationship with each other. So, but if not that, I mean, find a, it doesn't even have to start there. You find, find a group of friends, uh, again, that, that you're, you can process some of this stuff with reach yeah. out to me, uh, Moira, you know, you can find me on Instagram. I, I love having these conversations and, I don't love, like, I, I, I pretty much won't do like a news interview because most mm. people that want to talk to you about this stuff, they already have an agenda right. um, that, and they're trying to, they're trying to get, you know, this perspective to, you know, support that agenda or to be portrayed as the antagonist for that agenda. But man, I'll talk to anybody anytime about this, any, any of this stuff. Like, you yeah. know, we didn't get in the fun Roe v. Wade decision that was made oh in our country gosh. recently. Okay. We didn't get into, there's so much, the vaccine, you know, the coronavirus, yeah. all of this stuff that I, I just want to say to you, Moira, I so appreciate how you've handled so much of this stuff. I mean, um, and, and like being a, a reasonable voice from, uh, somewhere near the middle that's, uh, pulling people together and not 
further driving people apart. And um, so there's lots of fun conversations that we could have. Yeah. Maybe we do this again and talk about, you know, some more controversial things, but um, yeah, I'd love to, but uh, find a church um, that's, that's grace filled. Yeah. Um, find community, reach out to any of us on social, love to help you out um, any way that we can. That'd be awesome. I love that advice. And I also want to say Seacoast Online because we live on an island and every Sunday I'm like, oh no, we can't get back and forth without getting stuck in traffic. So we've been doing a lot. Well, COVID really prompted us to do church online yeah. every week. And so we kind of fell into that. There is nothing I love more than being in the church and you know, fully physically present to worship and all of that. But Seacoast Online, if you're not here in kind of our general yeah. area, is yeah, we such a great we resource. broadcast it live. We have people show up all the time uh, that will will have been watching online for sometimes years, but a lot yeah. of times months, just kind of checking it out. And that's a kind of a safe baby step, right? If yeah. you're trying, if you're like thinking about uh, asking more questions or leaning in, um, please do it all. It's almost become the new uh, you know, foyer of the church where people yeah. come in and kind of check it out a little bit. And then, you know, if there's one near you, maybe sometime you come check it out in person and, and meet people, uh, in, in the flesh, but that's a great, um, great advice, but I'm going to, I'm going to be texting you and Brian to be like, Hey, I need to at least see you in the, in the building, you know, yes. a couple times a month. <laughs> <laughs> I promise we will, we'll get there. I promise. Well, Josh, uh, thank you so much for your time. And this has just been amazing and I can't wait to do it again. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on Moira. Yep. Appreciate you. Wow. Guys, I know you're going to have a lot of thoughts and questions and, comments about this session. I would love to hear all of them. So send them my way. Um, you can shoot me a DM on Instagram. You can shoot me an email, but, um, thank you. Thanks for being part of this guys. Share this episode. I think it's just such an important conversation to have. And, and like I said, I think a couple times during this episode, let's take down the fences instead of putting them up. Thanks for joining us guys. 